You're listening to the She's Unshakable podcast. I'm your host, Fleur Lonsdale. And if you're looking to create incredible courage, resilience, and unshakable belief in yourself, then this podcast is for you. Each episode, I'll be interviewing incredible adventurers, athletes, and entrepreneurs to dig deep into the strategies and tools they use to create unwavering courage and belief so that you can learn how to never give up on your goals and achieve the life of your dreams. Today I get to talk to Kirsty Pratt, who's a holistic lifestyle coach, and she takes us through her journey of competing at the Ninja Warrior and the life that she's had since then. We dig really deep into the reason why she started Ninja Warrior, what she was aiming for, and when she actually reached the top, why she realized that that's not actually what she wanted. And she had to really dig deep to find out what she was missing and where that worthiness and love was coming from. We have a really cool conversation that links in really good to our last podcast that we had last week, and I hope that you enjoy it. Hey, Kirsty, and welcome to the She's Unshakable podcast. I'm so excited to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super grateful that you asked me to be on, and um, I'm excited, so yeah. very humble. I'm super excited, too. So, as you know, my first question that I ask everyone before getting to know you a bit is, what's your morning routine? Mm, I love that question because very, very... Um, very, very sporadic morning routine. The only thing that is very consistent is as soon as I am up in the morning, before I even get out of my bed, sometimes before I even open my eyes, is I become really, really grateful for the things around me. I become grateful for my eyesight. I become grateful for my breath, grateful that I have a new day, grateful that I have a warm place to stay in. And I've been doing that probably for a solid three to four months at this point, and it has changed my morning routines to be really grateful for the things that I have in my life. And then my morning routine from that usually usually can consist of a couple different things, and I really try to tap into what are my needs in the mornings. So sometimes that calls for me doing some meditation time. Sometimes that calls me doing some stretching and then sometimes that calls me just having a coffee out on my back porch and being with nature. Yeah, nice. Gratitude is so important, isn't it? It makes such a world of difference. And I do think, honestly, I think some people who don't do gratitude in the morning are just missing out. They're just missing out on a, such a, to- a small bit. Like it literally takes like a minute to think about two things that you're grateful for in the morning when you wake up and it can completely change the way that you see like your whole day. It's, it's so wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more to that. And it starts it out with just a very positive mindset. And I've found when I start with that, if something challenging occurs in my day, it's easier for me to find myself grounded again, as opposed to the days that I forget to do my gratitude. If something challenging comes, I find that the challenging um, situation usually has a lot more hold over me than too. Yeah, so true. Uh, I find the same, like if, if you're meditating, I definitely, if I miss meditation or something in the morning, I can definitely notice it during the day. It's quite a, it makes quite a big difference. Cool. So um, why don't you tell your, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and um, what you do and yeah, a little bit of a background. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Um, so let's start with my American Ninja Warrior because that kind of started yeah. me on my <laughs> pivot point into the journey of being a holistic health practitioner is when I was 21, I actually decided to... Do you guys have Ninja Warrior where you're at? Uh, in New Zealand or in the England? Yeah. In New Zealand? Yeah, I New don't Zealand. actually know. <laughs> I, I think maybe <laughs> we stream other countries, but we, we've probably got some something similar, I'd say. It might be called something oh. different, not sure. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, so, so when I was 21, I decided to go for the show called American Ninja Warrior, which is this like whole obstacle-based, very physical, very demanding, um, very challenging... Um, obstacle course. And at that time I was actually going to college to be a school teacher. And as I started to try out for the show, I realized that I started to fall in love with movement and fall in love with learning how to challenge people through movement. And my journey really started when in college, I decided to pivot uh, my fourth year in college and change to Ninja Warrior and change into the holistic health field. And for about four years, five years actually, I heavily competed in American Ninja Warrior, um, competing on seasons seven, eight, nine, um, Team Ninja Warrior, two, um, season two and three. And what was beautiful about that experience is Ninja Warrior actually taught me a lot about life and experience. Yeah. And really, what are the things that we desire in life versus what are we told that we desire in life? And during my during my training as an American Ninja Warrior, um, it was really beautiful because when I first started, I actually couldn't do I couldn't do a pull up. I couldn't do like I've always been a very fit person. I've always been um, a very skinny person. But as as we know, just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're yeah, healthy. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I had the real challenge of learning what it takes to put in time and effort towards a goal, um, what it takes to really climb the mountain towards something that I thought that I desired and wanted. And in Ninja Warrior, I came from this place of almost a nobody, um, on quotations, because we all (laughs) are somebody. (laughs) But um, I came from not being known, not really good in the sport, not really high in the sport to coming up for about a year and a half being the top female in the sport. I had um, my season eight was my best season. Then I later went on that year for Team Ninja Warrior season two to beat the top female, Jesse Graff. And what was so beautiful about that experience is when I got to the top, I realized that nothing was there. And that really started to pivot my spiral even more because I was slightly into the holistic field at that point, but I was still eating shit food. I was still (laughs) eating. (laughs) I wasn't doing affirmations. I didn't, I didn't understand how my mindset affected my body, which affected my emotions, which affected my happiness in life. And what I was doing at that time in my life is I was chasing after this ego-driven, once I get to the top, then I'm going to be worthy. Yeah. And I didn't realize that that's what I was chasing until I got to the top and was looking for all this outside, all this outside 
I just wanted other people to tell me I was good enough. And validation, essentially. Yes, yes, validation. And what ended up happening, because we know that outside validation is is not um, sustainable, because if you take outside validation of the compliments, then you definitely have to take outside validation of the, you know, the critics. Yeah. And... <laughs> And so what ended up happening is, is I got to the very top and it was like, sweet, this is awesome. This is what I wanted. This is why I started the sport. And then I was like, okay, nothing's here. And then I went on to my following season of Ninja Warrior. And then I actually really, I, I choked, as you would say, and I really ended up spiraling out. I wasn't, I wasn't performing. And because I was putting my worthiness on my performance to look for outside validation, what kept ended up happening is I kept spiraling further and further down, down this pipeline. And, and in sync with as I'm going through my American Ninja Warrior journey, I'm actually studying on the side. Um, I'm studying the through the Czech Institute, which is for corrective holistic exercise kinesiology. And I was taking my IMS-1 and I took my IMS-2, which is for integrated movement science. And then I also was taking my holistic lifestyle coach level one and level two. And what was funny about that is I kept getting the thing like just because you know the knowledge doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean that you're you're using it. Yeah. And I had my bag of knowledge that I could be using to help me out of the spiral, but I refused, I refused to actually apply it to my life at that point. Mm-hmm. So I'm competing at a high level in American Ninja Warrior, spiraling out. I'm coaching clients, telling them how to be healthy <laughs> um, and, and living it only halfway through my own life. And on the behind the scenes, I'm slowly, slowly deteriorating because I kept feeling like I had to wear this mask of, well, this is who I am. And my outside validation matters. If I'm If I don't win, what am I worth? If I don't um, you know, if I can't coach these clients, what am I worth? And I was having a hard time not realizing that it really all came back to me. And so as I started spiraling out into this, into this um, situation, continuing to go for outside validation, it actually got to a point in my life where I hit a complete rock bottom. And in this rock bottom, I got fired from my job. Um, which was totally, (laughs) I mean, I I wasn't showing up. I wasn't present. Um, I hated who I was at the time. I was eating horrible food. So I had skin issues. I had digestive issues. I have acne. I have circles under my eyes. I was getting lack of sleep. I was self-criticizing myself every day. I was judging myself. And I was really lacking a lot of self-love. And I played that victim card for about two years. And we're looking at 2017 at this point. Two years, I already have the knowledge. And all I needed to do was apply it. And it came up in, I've never been one for New Year's resolutions. I used to always think they were uh, (laughs) woo-woo, you know, out there like, really, you're only going to make one day for your entire year. (laughs) And it was, <laughs> it was, um, it was December um, 31st, 2017, and I wrote down an intention, and I said, I'm done. I'm done being unhappy. I'm done feeling this unworthiness. I'm done not having confidence in myself, 
and I finally understand and I'm taking responsibility that the only person that can make me happy is myself. And I started to finally apply the tools heavily into my life and I really started to integrate my nutrition for what's good for me. I started to move every day of what's healthy for me, not a overabundance in movement. I started to do positive affirmations. I started to dive myself in self-help books, looking at health from just, I just need to move myself because of my personal training background. I thought, well, if I move, then that means I'm healthy. When clearly that wasn't the case, that health is truly this, this, almost this integrated approach that has a lot of areas that needed to be worked on. And I started diving into my insecurities, which are scary as hell at admitting them. I started diving into my fears and I started nurturing and loving myself. And the radical change that started to occur in my life was mind boggling to that when you return back to the simple tools of nurturing and loving yourself from a holistic approach, how you can meet your needs and how you can become this bright light to radiate to the world and show others their unique abilities is what makes them so amazing. And you don't need to look for outside validation. And it doesn't matter what, you know, how well you do in a sport or how well you do in a test or how well you do on anything else. And don't get me wrong. Those things are amazing. And what it really comes down to is learning how to love yourself and the way that you love yourself is through a holistic approach. And so due to my experience, I really changed my coaching from just a personal training to, to a coaching, to looking at it from a holistic health approach and teaching people how to feel worthy, how to feel confidence, how to have love within themselves and meet their own needs so they can show up in relationships as whole and full and understanding that we're always on this journey of learning and growing. We're always on it and wherever we're at right now is perfect. And coaching with people and showing people that and reflecting that to them has been such a beautiful experience because you see their own light come on and they see their worthiness and how beautiful of a human they are for their unique gifts. So (laughs) that's where I'm at now. (laughs) (laughs) It's wicked. I have no idea uh, if you've listened to the podcast that I did last week, and I'm guessing that you haven't, but it's literally on exactly this topic, which is hilarious because I was like, oh my goodness, did you like read my mind? How awesome. (laughs) It's so cool. All about looking for outside validation and significance and waiting for something, you know, for other people to tell us that they love them rather than us figuring out that we actually can love ourselves. So this is going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Um, the and first you know question. I I even more is because I haven't listened to it. So I'm very intrigued yeah. to see the synchronicities <laughs> that line up. I know, right? I was literally like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So first question is, why did you get into Ninja Warrior in the first place? Oh man, I always love competition. I love yeah. a challenge. And at that point, Casey Catanzaro um, was one of the females who, she was actually the first female who got up the warped wall that year. And then there was two other females 
um, that got up that year. And really the, the women, we, we haven't, we were like breaking barriers, but I was like, there's so many more barriers we can break. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be a part of that movement of showing women can be strong too in their own way, in a different way. And women can accomplish these things. And I definitely have to admit there was some ego in there of of wanting that look at me, look at me mentality. And, um, yeah, but it was very humbling because when, when I first went to a gym in my hometown, um, I was like, I can do that stuff. I've been really athletic and I went to the gym. Oh man. I was so humbled. (laughs) I was so humbled. I couldn't do it. Do a damn thing. (laughs) Take some time. Uh, Take some time. (laughs) And so what you must have just watched it on television was, and then just thought, Hey, I want to do that. That looks fun. And then you just went for it. That was, that was literally, there was no hesitation, (laughs) no thought process. And I looked it up, um, a few years, few years earlier and you had to be 21. So I was 18 when I found it. And then it kind of slipped my brain. And I actually used to watch Sasuke, which was, which is like the original, ninja warrior and we got our ninja warrior based off of them and i remember as a kid watching it as as like oh man i want to do that and then it's just kind of like the universe kept coming back around and dropping (laughs) it within my field and i literally was i was doing some homework uh for college i was taking some summer school to just get more credits and i literally was doing like my math homework i remember it i was sitting in the kitchen and i just got mesmerized with with what the show was and just said, yeah, that, I want to do that. So I'm going to go do that. (laughs) Okay. So most people are going to watch Ninja Warrior and think, oh my goodness, those people are half, like half crazy strong, but also half crazy. (laughs) Like what? Did anyone sort of go, yeah, you should totally go and do that. Or you were just like, nah, this is me. I've got, like, I feel good. Like, let's just go smash it. Like, cause most people wouldn't like, wouldn't even think, even if they were fit and strong themselves, they wouldn't think, yeah, I'm going to go do Ninja Warrior. So what was the, well, I'd love to know what was, yeah. What was the process? Was it other people? Was it just you? It, um, it was, it was starting with me. And I think what's beautiful is I'm so grateful for, um, you know, my close circle is they know kind of when I get an idea that like, whether they're on board or not, this is probably going to happen. And so it succeeds more with, uh, with the support. But I remember going to my partner and my partner, he's always been very, very supportive. And I was like, Hey, I want to do this. And he's like, yeah, you totally should do this. And, um, you know, and telling, telling my, my mother and they were very supportive and just like, yeah, why not? And, um, yeah, so it literally, it literally just, once I see my mind to something that, that deep down, I can see it resonates with me and I desire it, even if I don't understand why I desire it. And I know that I need to do it. Yeah. I literally will be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't even know how, but I'm going to do that. Yeah. I love that. I love, I, I think I've got some of that in me too. And I'm just like, well, no, it fits. It, it sounds good. It feels right. Let's just, <laughs> let's just good do with it. Let's just go until we go. And uh, I can 100% resonate with the, you know, you start from scratch, you know, you want to get to the top, you want to win, like that competitiveness, and then getting to the top and going, oh, um, okay. (laughs) But I'd love to know, like digging down into this, you know, that victim state that we can get ourselves in and always constantly looking for for an outside perspective, 
what is it that happened that made you really realize that you weren't really loving yourself and you weren't really essentially not having enough worthiness from yourself to to let yourself go and you know win something and and essentially like afterwards like I'd love to know what was there a particular moment that sort of made you feel as though like a realization that that was what was going on Mm, that's a good question and I really like that because I think from from my opinion and in my world and my experiences is usually it's not just a, a single tap on the shoulder. Usually it's it's a few taps. Yeah. And the more we resist it, you know, what we resist persists. And the more we resist the tap, the harder the tap's going to come. And I can see in my life when I first started. So when I first started, my check journey was actually in 2016. And that was actually when I first started getting the tap of, hey, you know, something's not working here. Are you willing to look at what's going on that that's not working? And the tap just slowly started to get louder. And I think that there were seeds that were planted throughout throughout my, you know, my studying career of, of the body and movement and kinesiology and, and how it's all integrated. And it slowly just kept happening more and more. And I think where it really tipped over it was actually when I was filming for Ninja Warrior. It was Team Ninja Warrior. It was in 2017. It was in October of 2017. So I'm out filming Team Ninja Warrior in LA. And my body was so tense and it hurt so bad. My whole low back hurt where I couldn't even bend two inches back oh and two goodness. inches forward. And I'm supposed to be running this high competitive obstacle course and <laughs> and you can't and, move. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, thankfully, I still, you know, I still was able to kick on that high performance and um, I've remained undefeated in in the team ninja warrior. But what happened that week while I was there, I got fired through text. Um, I was out I was <laughs> yeah, that one that one hurt. Um And I was in LA by myself. And what I realized was the only thing that I wanted to do was be in my hotel room alone with the blinds closed and sleep. And I probably slept if I didn't have to be at the set, I was sleeping. And that was when I really was like, Mm. something's not right. Something is totally wrong. You want to be alone. You want to be isolated. Your body hurts it's time, it's time to look at it. So not really, not really the one time it was tapping on me for about a year and a half to look at the things that I was choosing in life were not the things that I desired. So it, (laughs) it was beautiful. (laughs) And was there anyone who sort of nudged you in that direction as well? Or was it very much just yourself realizing it through your body and mind and soul? I think we always have help whether or not we think we do. And it may just not be in the package in which we were wanting to receive it. So me and my partner at the time were having um, very horrible marital issues. At that point, I didn't understand that I desired a different love language outside of a monogamous relationship. (laughs) And um, that brought a lot of trouble to our relationship. And so... He started working on himself, which was very beautiful 
because it was a really good example of him taking his, his health and his priority in his own life. And he wasn't playing the victim. So I think that that was a form of help. Um, I also have my mother who, who really, I remember, I remember sending her a text one day and I said, how do you, how do you show yourself love when you can't even look yourself in the mirror? And I just remember her telling me that sometimes it becomes really hard and maybe sometimes you cry when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, but being able to show up for yourself is, is literally half the battle. And I was, I was grateful to have people, um, there for me, even though it wasn't necessarily on the upfront, they could see that I was going through my own struggle. And we even talk about it now is, you know, when someone's going through their low point and their rock bottom, we have this tendency to want to reach our hand down and pull them up Mm -hmm. when really that's not the case is you really need to help give them the tools and show them the staircase on how to build it themselves to rise themselves up. And I think I had some beautiful examples around me that very much inspired me of like, wow, the one toxic person that keeps coming to the relationships is me. And if I don't recognize that now, I'm going to lose everything in my life. And I don't want that. Big realization to have. <laughs> it was it was a very humbling one and a very, um, a very, nurture, like you, you just have to nurture yourself and gentle yourself and you, you can't have anything but compassion for yourself because we all have that place where we hit a rock bottom. And the more I self-criticize, the more I push myself in the wrong direction. And then when I learned to meet myself with love and compassion more, it started to allow me to see my shit that, that needed to be dealt with. Yeah. 100% but I mean it does take a lot of self-awareness as well Um, I mean I'll be really honest I I don't believe that most people really see what they're doing to themselves and even when that tap tap you know they might just keep going forever and and ever Um, Mm, is there something like if there's someone who's listening to this right now and they're going man is like I'm, I'm clearly listening to this for a reason or this is coming up for me. Are there any tips that you sort of took that anything that you sort of did that made you more aware of what was really going on for you at the time? Was there anything that was going on? Mm, that's, um, yeah, is our bodies, we're meant, we're meant to be in pleasure. We're meant to be in desire. And I think pain has become something that's so normal that we see it as something, we see it as something that's just part of our daily life. Like, oh, my ankle hurts. Oh, my arm hurts. Oh, my head hurts. And I would suggest and invite you that if, if you're feeling a type of pain within your body, a type of pain in a relationship, a type of pain with maybe going to your job or work to get curious about it in a very loving and compassionate way. And when you do that, don't feel that you have to have the answers. Just be willing to to see, wow, you know what? I wake up with arm pain every single day. 
is that is that something that's actually pleasurable to me? Do I feel that I deserve to wake up with arm pain every single day? And and start start finding coaches. There's so much free content out there. Start finding coaches that resonates um, and seeing their path mm-hmm. and seeing how they brought awareness and seeing how they brought compassion. And so literally just slowing down to their breath and feeling where is a place in my life that doesn't feel good and just reflecting on it. And, and I know that can be a very, very challenging, uncomfortable, um, thing to do, especially because we've lived in a very dominant masculine world. And, and what I mean by that for those who aren't overly, um, familiar with the masculine and feminine energies is we've been really shamed and guilted at tapping into our feminine and feeling our feelings and feeling anger and feeling frustration. And we've been taught that if we're frustrated about our job, that that's something that we can't feel or we don't have the right to feel. And when you bring awareness to the pain, the only way to really see it that is to be with it and yeah. It and not label it and not judge it, but yeah. just say, this is anger going through me. This is grief going through me. And um, I think those tools will, will start you on the journey and finding, finding a tribe that supports you. Yeah. And that may be for a coach. I've, I've paid for coaches. I paid for mentors. I totally believe in coaches need coaches because we're human. <laughs> yep. We have, we have the same unworthiness. We have the same, um, you know, lack of confidence that we've gone through in our journey. And, and sometimes we also need that, that bright reflection of who we truly are. So finding a tribe, whether you pay for it or don't pay for it, there's a lot of amazing people out there, yeah. um, that are willing to hold and nurture that space with you as you go through those things. Yeah, I completely agree. And just, yeah, just being like giving yourself love. I think so many of us are so hard on ourselves and constantly beating ourselves up for things that we really shouldn't be rather than just loving on us and even, you know, loving on our weaknesses and and loving on our strengths, but just providing that peace. We are so hard on us, especially women. I know that most of the listeners who listen to this podcast are women, you know, as a parent, as a mum, but as a friend and as a as a lover, it's so important for us to to give love to ourselves and give patience to ourselves and bring back that joy. Otherwise, we just seem to get caught up in this place that life actually isn't fun and we can't do what we want and it's stressful when it's actually completely the opposite and it's all in our control, right? Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you brought up love, 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 because I think there's also this persona of what is love and redefining for myself what love is. Love is giving myself water and making my body feel good. Love is stretching my body. Love is me going out in nature. Love is me spending time alone. And so, man, I love I I love that you brought that up. (laughs) Um, is is really finding the small ways to love and nurture yourself as you as you do that yeah I mean I love everything that you're saying and I'd love to know was there 
a time, a point where, you know, you started working on yourself, you started looking after your body, looking after your mind, like treating yourself with respect. Did you ever have a moment where you sort of fell backwards again or whether you you Mm. almost failed at that or felt like, you know, you went back again and then had to sort of rebuild? Did that ever happen to you? Mm, All the time. (laughs) All the time. I think one thing that I noticed as I was going through this journey is I have this fun little thing called perfection um, inside of myself. (laughs) (laughs) And, And on, you know, on this journey, because, you know, I'm still on this journey, is... It would want to, I, I call them parasites in, in, in my mind, is of, you know, self-criticism or judgment or telling me I'm unworthy. And so I started, I started nurturing my body and journaling and it, it was building a whole new way of living. And when you build a whole new way of living, it's going to go, it's going to go in its waves. It's going to go in its, you know, you're, you're in a habit of self-criticizing yourself. You're in a habit of, you know, telling yourself you're not good enough for maybe a job or the thing that you ultimately really desire to do in life. And there was definitely, and that's why I love keeping my journals and reflecting back on them and like seeing them and seeing where my mindset was and seeing the things that I was struggling with is... When we go on this journey, I, I think there's the perception that it becomes a whole lot easier when you start nurturing your and become on quote unquote this holistic spiritual realm of things. When it's not, you still have your challenges and your setbacks. And there were still days when I when I still felt pretty crummy self, which meant that I needed to do more grounding that day. I needed to be more present that day. I needed to be like, wow, my food really needs to be on point. And even now it's always in, it's always in, I always say, as long as it's going in an upward trajectory, even if it's, it goes down a little bit, as long as you're still going in an upward trajectory, you're on the right track. Because even now I still allow myself, you know, to go if I'm having an emotional day, I know that I can be an emotional eater. And I used to be an emotional eater to Sour Patch Kids. And, <laughs> and what happened is I learned to change. Okay, you know what? I know that I want to emotionally eat. I'm going to accept that I'm emotionally eating over this, this idea right now. And I'm going to be gentle with myself and say, I know that if I go get myself um, you know, an acai bowl, it's still going to be a little bit healthier and I'm allowing myself to be gentle and nurture myself in a way that I am actually craving. And so hands down, it's still, you still trip and fall and you stumble and you get back up. And the more you get back up, you you don't stumble as much. And then you start learning to swerve out of the way (laughs) and you learn to duck and dive out of the way. And why I like bringing this back in a, in a scientific term is the law of facilitation is, you know, simply when, when one neuron has gone through a path, it's easier for another and another and another. So the more that we've done a habit, a pattern, you know, anything in our life, it becomes deeper ingrained inside of us. So it's not something we're going to change overnight, but it's something that we work towards changing every single day. And, 
a line that I love from Paul Chuck is if you change 1% of yourself every day, you're going to be 100% changed 100 days later. And 1% might be you just drink water today. Maybe, maybe you drink four more ounces of water today than you did yesterday. Maybe you say you're grateful for something in the morning today because you didn't say you were grateful for something yesterday. And it's, it's very much, this is a journey and everyone, everyone still has their struggles, no matter, no matter how high up they get or how high they look that they get is it always wants to come back and try to test. But what's beautiful is the more you lay the foundation, the easier it is to dodge it. And you know, as an example, I, I had something come into my life about a week ago that really challenged my mindset on uncertainty versus certainty. And right away I go, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I went into this panic and I'm like, oh my gosh, if this happens and I, and I totally played down the rabbit hole, but I played down the rabbit hole for 20 minutes. And then I was like, you know what? I don't need to worry about that because that's totally a what if. When maybe a year and a half ago, I played down that rabbit hole for maybe a day or two. And it just gets less and less. So absolutely, you will trip and fall. But if you're tripping and falling, it means that you're on the right track. Yeah, I I touch on that so much with like my team. And, you know, especially when you're starting something new, you're going to have challenges. And there might be moments Mm. where something happens and it really knocks you for six. And it might take Mm. you out for a week, might take you out for a month, might take you out for more. But Mm. the more that you sort of get out of that comfort zone and you do things that knock you for six, the less and less that it bothers you. And the quicker it is for you Mm. to jump back on your two feet and get going again. And it's it's so important for, for people to realize that we live in a world where we're always going to get knocked back. If we're trying something new (laughs) and if we're going for something or, you know, aiming for something, we're always going to get knocked back. As much as we try not Mm. to think that that's going to happen, it is. There's always people out there that want to knock us back, that want to put us back in the box that they thought that we were in before. And Absolutely. And it's so hard, but the more that we push, the more that we go towards the things that it is that we really want we might have just as much push just as much pushback but it's going to get so much easier for us to get through that and it's such such wise words and i hope people can really take that on board i really hope they can well and i love and i just want to exclamation point exactly with what you said of the pushback is that that was something that i reflected in my life and i'm sure that you both you and josh have reflected in your life is you get pushed back no matter what you do in life. No matter what you do in life, someone is going to say something about how they don't like it or you should be somewhere else. And would you rather get pushed back being fully in your pleasure and desire and chase, I shouldn't say chasing because if you chase something, it's it's like saying you can never catch it, but doing something yeah. that you authentically love and desire versus sitting at a job that you really hate and getting pushed back then. And so I wanted to, exclamation point your (laughs) your exclamation on on the yeah do you might as well do what you you desire because someone somewhere is going to say something yeah and it's easier when you're doing what you love go and do what you want and then just get ready for the hate (laughs) (laughs) and you know what you know what it's there's a 
we say that there is hate and you know what there's a lot more there's a lot more inspiration there's yes. maybe three percent of hate yeah. maybe maybe but there's 97 percent of people that you're inspiring by shining who you exact who you are and doing what you're doing and that's what's more powerful and that's what's rewarding and and being in your zone of genius that's what feels good absolutely 100 percent. and to be honest the more that you are in your zone of genius the more resistance you're going to get, but it's, it's that sign. It's a sign. It's like, yeah, you're on the right track because the more resistance you get, the more you're going in the direction that, that you want to do. Absolutely. And I think one too, that's beautiful about resistance is with, with my coaching is I've received some resistance in some areas and it's actually given me a beautiful opportunity to reflect back to myself and say, okay, I am getting resistance here this something that I actually desire and a few of the things on resistance I said you know what not fully let me tweak it here now it's what I desire and what was interesting is when I tweaked a few of them they didn't get resistance anymore and so sometimes resistance can be a beautiful opportunity to reflect on is that really what I want is that what I really desire and if not tweak it let yourself have it be in the freaking pleasure yeah Awesome. Love it so much. So, um, one of my, you know, favorite questions is like, what have been your limiting beliefs throughout this whole thing? I'd love for you to (laughs) dig into them. Oh, those are good. I, um, (laughs) I love, I love looking at limiting beliefs. Um, because I think once you release them, they can be very, such a freeing opportunity of this cage you realized you were keeping yourself in, (laughs) um, (laughs) is limiting beliefs is a huge one is I felt like I had to get someone's permission to be who I am in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was waiting for someone to tell me it was okay to be Kirsty, to tell me it was okay to share my story. And another limiting belief was, I mean, huge worthiness. Yeah. You're not worthy enough. Who are you to teach these people? Or who are you to speak your truth? Or who are you... And that one even loves to come up from time to time. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, I I grew up in a society of feeling like we have to do more to be like, to be more and we have to do more to receive more. And so when worthiness comes up in my life. I notice it comes up because I'm feeling like I have to force things. I'm feeling like I have to work harder. I'm feeling like I have to prove myself to the world that this system that I coach works. And then I go, ah, 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 Kirstie. When you force, when you're forcing, that's unworthiness telling you that you need to do more to be a better person and to show people that this works. Instead of saying, you know what? You're flowing. And when you're in flow, you know that you're worthy because you're taking the time it takes to nurture and love yourself and be worthy. And another big one is another big one is just what are what are people going to think? 
that outside validation again. What what are people going to think? And I've been I've been having this uh, this saying come in my head, and I don't know if I just hit like a a standpoint in my life where I, I'm finally living in a deep deep desires in my life in numerous areas, but I just started saying, why not? Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing that? Am I really afraid that someone's going to tell me something about it? But but they're not me. So how are they ever going to know what's right for me if they're not me? They haven't lived my life. They haven't been mm-hmm. through my, my experiences, my world. And so taking off the, you know what, if you deeply feel that self-love is a key to healing, then share that. It doesn't matter if someone else thinks that that's not okay. Maybe, maybe what I'm speaking isn't meant for them. Maybe it's not meant for them right now. And, or maybe it's triggering the hell out of them. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, there's been, there's been deep, a lot of, um, limiting beliefs that I've done a lot of limiting. That's actually a big part of my coaching is, is digging through those. And I would say, I would say that those are our top ones, which affected me having confidence in my life to speak up and, um, doing a lot of exercises and activities around those definitely have helped me skyrocket it in my own life. The, uh, the, I'm not good enough belief is so Mm. prominent it blows me away every time. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I know anyone who doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally I don't think I have anyone who's ever said, no, that doesn't resonate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that one's a, that one's a big monster. That one's a big monster in people's heads. And, and yeah. I promise no matter where you're at, you totally are enough. Yeah. And it's an outside projection telling you something that is actually not truth of who you are and what you are. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree 100%. And I think the more we can realize what our limiting beliefs are, the easier it is for us to, to work through them and actually be aware of mm. what's coming up and when it's coming up and being able to deal with that. Um, I'd love to know, do you yeah. have a, a tip, a tool that you've used to help you get through any of those limiting beliefs? Mm, you must have read my mind because I was <laughs> I was just about to say it. is um absolutely that is where I firmly believe holistic holistic health yeah, uh, holistic health lays the foundation for you to truly go through your beliefs and when I say holistic health because that those terms get thrown around a lot what I work on is I work on nutrition not a nutrition for a one size fits all, not this fad diet, not this, you know, <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Um, but really showing the tools to figure out how does food react to your body? Yeah. Um, water, sleep, making sure you're getting enough sleep. It's crazy to me. Um, what sleep can do to the body and, and how many people are lacking of it and breath going back to our breath and our mindset and movement. And so these are principles that I've learned through the Czech Institute that I've really incorporated in my life because when I didn't have a strong foundation with those holistic health principles, there wasn't anything to really go into these limiting beliefs to support me. But 
when the more I am able to take care of myself through the holistic health principles and the more I am aligned with those, the more nurturing compassion and love I have for myself and I'm able to bring up limiting beliefs of unworthiness. I'm able to bring up my fears. I'm able to feel more confident and I definitely, because limiting beliefs, when you go through them, they can be very exhausting and falling back on knowing that you're nurturing yourself and still loving yourself helps you through that process. And so that's actually a big thing that when I coach my clients, I, I coach them how to go through these limiting beliefs and, and fulfill their needs and work on boundaries and work on honest, conscious communication while they're nurturing themselves and creating that strong foundation. And what's beautiful is you can continue to create it stronger and stronger. And this relates back to your question of stumbling. Absolutely. The more that I continually fine tune my practices and my self-love through those holistic principles, I'm able to dive deeper through my self-limiting beliefs. Awesome. I love that so much. Yeah. So it's interesting. I would never have, um, put those two together but I can see how how you make them fit now in a sense and I've never really yeah I've never really sort of spoken to anyone in in that sort of sense so it's quite cool it's quite interesting (laughs) um okay what's one of the scariest things you've ever done oh one of the scariest things I've ever done been on national television (laughs) (laughs) oh really I absolutely I um that is actually one of these scary that was terrifying for me. I I actually my first season I almost passed out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing on the platform and you have like 500 people waving and cheering and it's awesome and I I didn't know how to be the center of attention. And I didn't know how to turn that into a pleasure. And at that season, it was the quintuple steps, which is where you, it's over water and you have these five steps and they're like spaced out and they're, they're diagonal kind of to each other. And you next to the next and I'm on it and like thinking to myself, I'm like, holy shit, you're going to pass out. You're going to pass out (laughs) on national television and jumping back and forth. And, and so I've, I've learned if something's uncomfortable, then I probably need to do it. <laughs> and yeah, that was nice. really uncomfortable for me. So was it just being like having, knowing that there were so many people watching you at that time that made you feel anxious? Yeah, it was the, I think it was the having so many people watch me with throwing my expectations on. I had to perform because if I didn't perform well, I wasn't going to be worth it. And so I think it had to do with the limiting Same beliefs way. I had at the time Absolutely. and the expectations I had on myself, which created that fear-based mentality of standing up in front of people um, that that really sparked that over the edge. Yeah, it all fits in, doesn't it? It all sort of comes <laughs> together. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's a good one. Okay, so last question. What's the best advice that you can give to our listeners? Mm, mm, that's a good one. Oh, best advice can be to do with absolutely anything. No one lives your life, but you, and it's great getting outside opinions and it's great getting 
getting those people who are close to you, but remembering the only person that lives your life is you. So even, even listening to this podcast and you may be like, yeah, she's made great points. Still, you may not resonate with some things in this podcast because no one's going to know what's best for your life for you. Yeah. And when you realize that you have that control and you ultimately know what's best for you, yeah. you start to gain a part of your power back. And, um, yeah, when I realized that I knew what was best for me in my life and I can do that in a conscious way, in a loving way, um, it changed my world because you don't need permission from anyone to be who you are. And if you do, I'm giving you permission now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I so. love that so much. Yeah. That fits so well. And I think it's such a simple lesson. It's so simple. Yet so few of us are actually there and can say that we fully 100% love ourselves and give ourselves permission to do whatever it is that we want to do and permission to to have the joy and the happiness and and live the life that we really want. And Mm. I see it so much. And, you know, I feel it too. I I get resistance often. Why, why do you travel so much? <laughs> why, why can't you just stay in one place? Like, why do you just get a normal job? Because <laughs> like, that wouldn't make me happy. I'm doing what makes me happy. And is that okay? <laughs> like, do I yeah. really have to ask you that that's all right? Or can you just go, oh, yeah, I see that you're already stoked on life right now. You should just keep doing what you're doing because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. It's so funny, hey? It's so funny how different people see the world. But the world is changing so fast and there are so many options. There's so many different ways that we can take it. There's so many different ways that we can live our life. Let's just go and live it the way that we want it. Let's do what makes us happy. Let's do what gets us out of the comfort zone. And yeah, let's power power to the people. Power to us. Yeah, because yeah, when we're all in our pleasure, we're all, we're all very happy. And we're all living different lives, so my pleasure is not necessarily your pleasure. And so um, it's that abundance, that abundance. So grateful. Thank you for letting me come on, share some love. Yeah. Mm, thanks for coming on. It's been really cool to chat. And mm. so funny that that you've got all those stories to share straight after that podcast that I did last week. I think that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for jumping on. It's been really, really cool and really, really lovely to meet you. Yes, lovely to meet you too. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five-star review. Don't forget to join our free Facebook community called She's Unshakable, where we get to share our tips and tricks and experiences with building courage, resilience, and belief in ourselves. I look forward to meeting you in there.